0: Hello, and thank you for joining me. I'm Karen Fernandez, and this is my podcast, Living with Integrity, Creating an Abundant Life. I'm so excited to be here. This is my very first podcast. Integrity, what does it mean and why does it matter? And how does it affect our day-to-day life? Before we dive deeper into how integrity can change the outcomes in our life and our life experiences, I think we should talk about the desires of a human being. And I'm not talking about the basic desires, such as food, shelter, and safety, I'm talking about the deeper desires that is a part of the constitute of every human being. We all wanna feel happy, have purpose and fulfillment. We wanna experience love, to be loved and love others. We wanna obtain prosperity and have our needs met, feeling like we belong and matter and are connected to something greater than us. These are the desires of every human being. We live in fascinating times where ignorance is a choice. We have so much knowledge readily available to us at our fingertips. With the internet, we can access virtually anything we wanna learn or know about. But at the same time, it's become a double-edged sword. We are so connected online and to our phones that we've somehow become disconnected on an interpersonal level with each other. Recently, I ended a six-year friendship with a woman whom I was very close to. It wasn't an easy decision to make. It was really painful. But doing this podcast brought to the forefront that there wasn't much integrity in this friendship. The words said, but the actions didn't match. Everything was vague swept under the rug, or not discussed. To fully tell this story, I think I need to backtrack a tiny bit. The last two years, I've been going through a huge transformation. In February of 2021, I lost the most important person to me in my life, my father. It was a devastating loss for myself and my family. The pain was so great that I knew I needed to either to use this pain to fuel me to push forward or I was going to be consumed by it so I chose to push forward and use it to fuel me on a path of self-discovery and deeper fulfillment in my life it was during this time that I became certified as a holistic health and life coach it was one of the best decisions I've ever made it's an honor and a privilege to walk alongside someone and guide them, giving them assistance on a portion of their life's journey. While I was training to become a coach, so many things started to open up for me in my life. So many ideas and creativity were bursting forth in my mind. I can hardly wait to do them all. That's when I decided to do this podcast, Living with Integrity, Creating an Abundant Life. I realized to create a life of abundance. We have to be in alignment. We have to be connected to our source, to God, the universe, whatever you feel most comfortable calling God. It's so important. Living with integrity is the anchor and the foundation to create the life that you truly want. It puts us in the driver's seat with God as our co-pilot. You'll hear a lot of people talking about manifesting the life of your dreams, creating the life that you want. They'll talk about vision boards, meditation, and mental rehearsal. Those are all good things and all important. I do them, but that is only one component to manifesting what you want in your life. The other part is living a life of integrity because how we live our life is going to create what comes to us. Some people call it karma, some people call it cause and effect, but how we treat people, our family, friends, coworkers, spouse, relatives, and especially how we treat the everyday people we meet on the street, in stores, driving in our cars, or on phone calls with customer service representatives. These are our neighbors, And these interactions have a direct effect of what comes back to us in our lives. Our birthright is abundance. I came so they may have life and have it more abundantly. John, 1010. I am a Christian. But whether you practice a religion or if you don't consider yourself religious, but you regard yourself to be spiritual, it doesn't matter. We were all created by God with equal inherent dignity. God created the universe and everything that has come into existence, every living being and animal on this planet. We each have a soul that is spiritual unto itself. So our soul thirsts for that connection to our higher power, to God, universal love. Another huge component to creating an abundant life and being fully connected to our source is having healthy self-love. We have to love ourselves in healthy ways. Having a daily routine is something that can connect us closer to God and to ourselves. It's so essential to take some time to get to know yourself on an intimate, personal level. When we do this, we start to understand our desires. Our thinking becomes clearer. We start to enjoy our own company. We begin to develop more empathy for ourselves and we become a little less of a mystery of who we are to ourselves. I myself get up about two hours early each morning where I meditate, work out what weights for about 20 minutes. I pray, do kundalini yoga. I go to daily mass about six days a week these are things I do for me. It really helps me to feel centered and balanced. I enjoy that routine. I also try to get outside at least once or twice a day and go for a walk in nature. Giving yourself this alone time is so nurturing to your soul. It's feeding your soul and connecting you to your source directly. Your routine doesn't have to be as long as mine. It can be very unique an individual. Even if you just take 15 minutes in the morning when you wake up before you connect to your phone or the outside world and sit there in silence, maybe try meditating, being still and present by yourself, or maybe try some breathing exercises like the five, five, seven breath. That is where you breathe in for a count of five, hold for five, and release for a count of seven. Even doing this breathing technique two to three times in a row will calm down your body and turn on your parasympathetic nervous system. This is where your body will naturally start to relax, restore, and heal, putting you in a state of homeostasis where our bodies want to be. In our society today, and the world in general, There's a lot of stress and chaos going on. We are continuously in a sympathetic nervous system state. This is our fight, flight or freeze mode. When we are in that state, it's like having a low grade level of stress turned on all the time. We don't digest or assimilate our food properly. We are in a constant state of worry, fear, anxiety, depression, and stress. We have trouble concentrating. We have sleeping problems. We become anxious and irritable. We tend to gain weight, especially around our midsection. We are frozen and almost paralyzed to do anything to change what we are experiencing. We are not living the life of abundance that we are meant to have. We have to break free from these barriers that are holding us back from obtaining the life we want. Building a new solid foundation with integrity will help get us there. Back to the friendship that was ended. I really wanna be mindful and respectful to this woman's privacy. There are always two people in a relationship. We both have accountability for each of our parts. i realized during this ending, that we as people don't see things how they are. We see them from how we are. Our ecology plays a huge role in how we deal with others and situations. There were definitely ways I could have handled my part better in the delivery of it, but I also feel like there were ways that she was not willing to take any responsibility or accountability for her part or actions. I will use aliases to protect the privacy of the people involved. Elaine introduced me to a woman named B about six years ago, shortly after we met. She thought we'd be a great fit. We were both single and we lived close to each other. All three of us would hang out often and we had a lot of fun together. Elaine was married, so B and I would hang out much more often together without Elaine. There were a lot of boundaries be overstepped from the very beginning, red flags that I took no action on. Early on in the friendship, I remember Be invited me to a mansion party. She said it was a builder friend of hers that sold the mansion and was having a party before the people moved in. So it was mostly empty. They moved in furniture that day just for the party. There wasn't much there but there were a lot of people. There was food and there were even children and birthday cakes. But later as the night went on, I noticed the children were gone. I was taking a tour through the house when I got to the master bathroom. There was a claw foot tub and a huge shower. Both were filled with VHS tapes of porn. My first thought was, who even has a VCR today? I laughed to myself because it was so strange to see this. But then I thought, am I at a swingers party? So I asked her, is this a swingers party? And she replied, I don't like to use labels. Now I'm not judging and I don't judge, but she didn't even bother to get my consent to give me the option to decide if that was the kind of party I wanted to be at. I wasn't comfortable and that's not where I wanted to be. I called a friend and they came and picked me up. I was really upset that she would take me somewhere like that without telling me what type of party it was first. I didn't really know her that well at the time, so I let it slide and I didn't see it for what it was. She didn't respect me or my boundaries and this continued throughout the six year friendship. She would invite me out for drinks numerous times And then at the last minute, after we met up, she told me she was also meeting a guy for a first date off a dating app. It was awkward to be on a first date with her. I didn't even understand why she would want to do that. One year, on my actual birthday, she did it to me again. But with this guy, she started to have an on and off relationship with. He must have said something to her that hurt her feelings. Because she got mad and gave him my number. He started texting me, telling me B gave him my number and that we should be together. That the night we all met, he was more attracted to me and that we were meant to be together and that it was fate. I thought he was a jerk for doing that to her. I had to block two different numbers from him and I had to tell B not to give my number to anyone without my consent. I just let that go too. I felt bad for her for what he said and did. I can't really blame B because I was the one who put up with these situations and behaviors. These are lessons that I learned that I need to value myself more. I don't know why I stayed in that friendship as long as I did. So many times I ignored my intuition that was telling me this wasn't a healthy or good friendship. It's funny what we are willing to sacrifice of ourselves so we aren't alone. I was lonely and I didn't have many people to hang out with. And I was afraid of what would happen to the dynamic of my friendship with Elaine. Because when we hung out with Elaine, it was usually the three of us together. B continued to overstep these boundaries. One time, the worst time, when my father was dying from COVID-19, I told the girls that he just got the vaccination 17 days before he contracted COVID. B kept sending me articles and videos over Instagram saying how the vaccination gives you COVID. I asked her to stop. I was devastated. As my father was dying in the hospital and I wasn't allowed to see him. She said she was sorry and that she would. But she kept sending them. I was livid. I still don't understand what she was thinking and why she would do that. It's cruel, heartless, and inconsiderate. I was ready to end the friendship. Elaine went to her house and spoke to her and told her how inappropriate it was to do that as my father was sick in the hospital. She called me crying hysterically and apologized. My father died only a few hours later that night. I was devastated and so hurt. I still wanted to end that friendship. But my dad was such a good man. And I knew he would say, Have compassion, don't do that. So I stayed in the friendship. These were just a few times B had overstepped boundaries in our friendship. I started hanging out with B less and less. I would only hang out with her when the three of us were together. In March of 2022, we were all supposed to get together for a goodbye dinner for our friend Natalie who was moving to Costa Rica for three months. But I had a class that night and was an hour away. I wouldn't be able to meet up until about 7.15. Elaine and Natalie had no problem waiting. But of course, B did. She said it was too late and she didn't want to eat that late. The three of us were fine with eating a little later. It wasn't like B was on some strict diet. She ate anything that she wanted and we've eaten out many times, and I've seen her eat later in the night. In fact, only a few weeks earlier, when Natalie was working late at the yoga studio, B was the first to say, no problem, honey, when Natalie asked the group if we could eat a little later because she was working late. Elaine suggested we meet at 6.45, and B said, sure, that's fine, but I was literally an hour away She could wait until 6.45, but not 7.15? Elaine said that they could order my dinner for me, but it would be cold by the time I got there. I didn't want to be a pain, but what was the problem with them ordering appetizers and drinks and waiting for me until I got there? I called Bea out on being selfish. I thought it was. I couldn't understand why she couldn't wait for me. I would have gladly waited for her. Just as Elaine and Natalie had no problem waiting for me, that's what friends do for each other. That's what it means to be a friend, to not just think about your own wants all the time. She just didn't care and didn't want to wait for me. It was so obvious and hurtful. So when I called her out on being selfish, she told me that I was making her feel bad about herself, like she was doing something wrong. Then she said she wanted to end the friendship, and she did, right then and there, over a group WhatsApp voice memo. She didn't call me, email me, or text me separately. She just ended the six-year friendship abruptly, saying, it was nice knowing you, and then she removed herself from the group chat. That happened one month after the one-year anniversary of my father's death. It touched upon so many wounds of that loss. It was so ironic because I didn't even want that friendship for so long. So many times I ignored my gut wisdom and intuition telling me that B wasn't a real friend and that this friendship was toxic. I was always hesitant to end that friendship also because I thought it would jeopardize my friendship with Elaine because it was always the three of us when we would hang out. And I was right, because my whole friendship with Elaine after that changed dramatically. I didn't even hear from Elaine for about two weeks after B abruptly ended her friendship with me. I reached out to her over WhatsApp, but she didn't really reply. Then when she finally did reply, she said she needed time because she was grieving the relationship of the three of us and that she was hurt and mad. But she didn't even give any consideration to how I felt. I didn't end that friendship. B did. And in the most cruel and cold way. I still stand by calling her out for being selfish. Because I don't know any friends that would have a problem waiting for someone who was an hour away. After that I noticed Elaine would take two to three days to look at my messages. When we used to talk daily over WhatsApp. At least four to five times a week. That's how we stayed close and connected. That summer, my client's breast cancer returned and she died. I was so shocked and heartbroken. I reached out to Elaine and left her a voice message. I was feeling so low and alone. It took her five days to even open that message and listen to it. I was so hurt and saddened to see what was happening to this friendship. Shortly after that, she left for three weeks to Europe for a vacation. After she returned, Natalie came back from Costa Rica for three weeks and stayed with Elaine. But I hardly heard from either of them. I was never invited to come over or hang out with them. We would usually go to the beach in the summer, at least three to five times. That summer, we didn't go to the beach once together. I didn't know how to approach these concerns. My communication was poor, and that was my fault. I take responsibility for that. But I felt like I was bothering her. She would take so long to read and respond to my text, so I started to reach out less and less and chose to focus on me. But I did go to her over the summer and say to her, Elaine, I feel a strain in our friendship. I feel like our friendship has changed. And she said to me, Of course it's changed, of course it's changed. She almost sang it out to me, and in such a dramatic way, repeating it twice. I was stunned and shocked. When did it change, and why? Saying it that way made it seem like it was something that was common knowledge and I should have known. Of course it's changed? Why didn't she tell me that it changed? She was always telling me, all those years, that I was her sole sister. She made it a point to say that, often, to be and myself when we were together, saying she could talk to us in ways she couldn't to her other friends. I never asked her to do that. I asked her, why did it change? I never really did get a concrete answer from her. She said she was hurt when the friendship between the three of us ended and that she didn't feel comfortable when I would tell her the ways B hurt me, and that I felt like B liked her better and treated her differently than me. She said it would make her feel uncomfortable. And I could see and understand that. But she was witnessing some of these things too, like when B would crop me out of photos and just post the two of them. And it mean to make her feel uncomfortable. But I was at a loss at what to think and what to do. It still never answered the reason as to why our friendship changed. Other than the fact that she started to pull away from me, then of course any dynamic would change when you talk and see each other less and less. We somehow and somewhat moved past it, I guess. I was starting to notice a side to Elaine that I never knew before. Her words started to become empty When I became a coach that year and I told her about the things I was going to be posting, she was very supportive, encouraging, and positive in her words. She asked if it would be okay if she could share some of my posts on her own social media. I was kind of baffled when she said this to me because she hardly ever liked any of my posts on my social media and she never once did share anything of mine. I didn't know why she would say things like this when she had no intention of doing them. I never once asked her to, or even expected her to do any of that. Maybe I was the one who was changing and just wanted more from my friendships and relationships in my life. I felt there was no true authenticity or integrity in this friendship. There was no real communication. I deserved better than that. I don't even think she did it on purpose. I just wasn't a thought or a care in her scope of life. So I decided I didn't want this friendship anymore. I wrote her a long text over WhatsApp because I wanted to take the time to put thought into the words I wanted to say because I didn't view her as the bad guy and I still don't. She has the right to be who she is. But at the same time, I have the right to want more from my friendships and the people I give my time to. I love myself enough to value and understand my own self-worth. Friendships should be reciprocal in nature. There are always going to be times when friendships are give and take, when you have to give more when someone is struggling. But ultimately, there should be a healthy balance in friendships. I didn't feel much support during the loss of my father or the loss of the friendship would be I only saw Elaine thinking of herself and not being honest with me what was going on or what she was feeling inside so when I ended the friendship she was really mad that I did it over a text and in hindsight she was right I should have called her to be honest I was nervous and afraid of how she was going to react she told me I was juvenile and kept harping on the fact that I did it over a text. It's funny, Elaine had no problem with B when B did that to me in our group chat. B didn't even bother to text me separately. She ended that six year friendship saying, It was nice knowing you, and it was over just like that. But now, Elaine was extremely mad that I ended our friendship over a text and she kept throwing it up in my face, saying that it was a horrible and wrong thing to do and so immature and hurtful. Elaine sent me 18 texts at 4 a.m. that night with justifications, excuses, and blaming me, saying, someone who is constantly pointing the finger at someone, who is it? Am I the problem? Or is it that person who's pointing the finger? but that was the first time I was even bringing any of this up to Elaine. So what she was saying was once again, not making sense to me. We never fought. There was nothing that I was constantly pointing out or bringing up to her ever, but that was a problem. I should have told her these things sooner when they were happening. Our communication, I realized, was something that was fundamentally broken. That last year, after my friendship with B ended, I definitely felt the difference and the strain in my relationship with Elaine. But when we did talk, she was always positive, super supportive. She would tell me how excited she was to see me, and she would always say how her and her husband had a blast and couldn't wait to see me again. But then it would be days and weeks and I wouldn't hear from her. It was so confusing to me. Her words didn't match her behavior. Her words were always over-the-top supportive and encouraging, but then it would take her days to even respond to me with those words. I just felt in my heart it was time to move on. I needed to let this go. It was starting to affect my self-esteem, and I realized I had choices. Instead of being angry, bitter, or resentful, I reframed it. I was so proud of myself and all the growth that I have made. I love myself and appreciate myself. I value and know my self-worth. I'm not obligated to stay in a situation that isn't aligned with integrity. I want to take full responsibility for my part in this situation. I should have reached out to Elaine and spoke to her over the phone or in person when I ended this friendship. Our communication was so poor at this point. I just didn't know how to do it. I knew it wasn't gonna go down well. And I also wanna take the responsibility in that I should have ended that friendship would be a long time ago, regardless of what it would have done to my friendship with Elaine. I am not a victim. I have no bitterness, anger, or resentment towards these women. I see the silver lining in all of this. I learned a lot of valuable lessons. Plus I did have a lot of fun with these women. There were some really good memories during those six years. We did a lot of fun things together. I'm so grateful I can appreciate that for what it was too. I wish we as people could understand that life is about change. It's the one certain and guaranteed thing in life, change. Nothing stays the same forever. Things end, people grow, and change. We are pulled in different directions. It is something that is beyond us. There's a divine source at play in our lives, each of our lives, and sometimes it's just time to move on. And I get it. Our egos and pride get wounded and hurt. Rejection sucks. We've all been rejected at some point in our lives, and I'm not really rejecting these women and they're not really rejecting me. It's just time to move on. I wish and want to help people see that detaching in love is the way to go. I had more good times than bad times with Elaine. And even in regards to B, I hold no animosity towards her. Everything was a learning lesson. And a lot of what happened was because I allowed it to happen, because I took no action and set no boundaries. People will only do what you allow them to do to you. So again, I have to take responsibility for my part. And of course, hindsight is always 20 But when we realize something's off, we have to learn to trust our gut wisdom and our intuition. We have it for a reason. So many times we stay in situations when we know we should leave or when we feel something is off and not right. As I said before, I am not a victim. I learned a lot. I grew a lot. And I know I'm a better, wiser person because of it. It feels so freeing to let go of resentment, anger, bitterness, or victimhood. There is no need to hold on to those things. Why? We try to make people responsible for us feeling those heavy negative emotions. We give people more power than they really have in our life. What we experience comes to us for a reason. We may not always get to control how and why it comes in or what other people do in our life that contributes or causes these heavier, burdensome, negative emotions that come to us, but we get to choose how we move forward through them, what we learn from them, how we can grow, shift, and change because of them. We don't own people. We aren't entitled to having them in our life for the rest of our lives. Sometimes people are meant to be in our life just for a season, but that season is always for a reason. When we can learn to gain a new perspective and reframe and look at the positive and the silver lining or even the good that can come out of the situation, instead of looking at the negative or what we lost or the hurts that we feel were betrayed against us, we really see that we are free to be who we wanna be. We are all a work in progress, but the more we learn to let go and let God and realize that there is an omnipresent, an omnipotent, sovereign God that is leading us and guiding us on our journey our personal journey with our creator, we can start to let go and understand that everything is happening for a reason. And it has its purpose. And when something is taken out of our life, it is making room and way for something new and greater to come in. Being in the unknown can be scary at times, but that is where our greatest achievements are waiting to happen and be created. We have to be willing to let go and be open to what the divine source of universal love is bringing into our life. Tune in weekly where we will go deeper into integrity and action steps that will help us on our path to create the life of abundance that we were meant to have. You can also check out my website, coachingwithkaren.com, where I offer more personal one-on-one 90-day program called Total Transformation Mind Body and Spirit where I will personally assist you on your journey to helping you become the best version of yourself you can be. Sessions can be done virtually or in person. The link to the website is listed in the episode description. Thank you for listening.